the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Greetings, and it's meeting time. My friends, I am so excited because we have Bob Seal with us once again. And Bob left us on the edge of our seat. And he's here today with a valuable life lesson with his insight of where God was on 9-11. And perhaps where God is while you're going through your trials and tribulations due to the darkness of addiction. Bob, welcome back. Good to be back, Terry. Amen, amen, amen. Last week, we heard your personal story of doubting God's existence and how he called out to you through his miraculous signs. Today, you have a personal relationship with our Savior, and you are a soldier of God's army. Amen? Well, amen to that. Now, this takes us to the call you made to me on 9-11 of this year. You shared with me the whole story on that horrible day 22 years ago, the events and the miraculous signs that answered the question where God was on 9-11. Pick it up from there. Well, as you know, Terry, and as I, I said last week, I've been blessed. Uh, I was formerly agnostic. I, would, I believe, really, I was an atheist flat out. And then I had uh, at a retreat uh, called uh, the Emmaus Retreat here in Pittsburgh, I had a personal God experience that is unexplainable and could only have happened if indeed there was God in my life. And from that day, uh, my life changed completely because uh, I heard other people's miracles and other situations, and I've heard about And it really meant nothing to me because when you're up against it, if you're addicted to whatever it is, and I was addicted to things, right, thought I had everything. But <clears throat> when, you're, when you're up against it, you need a personal mirror. You need something that proves to you that God is in your life. And I've been blessed to have had that happen to me 12 years ago. And since then, I've had 30-plus episodes or situations where unexplainable things happen in my life to answer questions when I've really been up against it on certain issues. And always I had to have somebody else present because there's, they get to be so unbelievable that you even doubt yourself. Okay. Hold on, Bob. Hold on. But before we get to this phone call, I think it's imperative that you share one of these miraculous signs that God told you, I'm real and I love you. So someone listening will realize that God loves them as well. Well, again, Terry, the importance uh, of what I try to do today is I don't preach. I just explain what happened to me. And what happens to someone else, you know, maybe this can help in your life when you're really up against it and you just don't believe God exists in your life. So I've had over 30 of these situations occur. You can tell them without preaching, God is real. 
amen to that. And anybody that knew me 12 years ago, if they heard me say amen to that, they'd say, what is Sill on? He must be out of his mind. But today I know that what's on my mind is the Holy Spirit and God on my mind. So very quickly, uh, here's one of over 30 of those situations that prove to me that God exists and cares about us individually. So uh, I was Catholic. I'm still Catholic. I'm more Christian than I am Catholic, but I'm a Catholic guy, and I hate confession, and I've always hated confession, and I run from confession because who wants to admit that they're flawed? And you know, so and I do the same things over and over again, and because I do the same things over, I don't want to go back to confession because I know the priests now, and they know me, so I avoid them. So it was getting to be Easter. I'm a ministry head now, unbelievably so. And I'm avoiding this one priest, and I don't want to go to confession. And it's going to be Easter, and i got to go to confession, and I don't want to go. So it's Sunday of the week before I go to another church altogether just to get away from the people that I know. And the priest says, you know what, if you're afraid to go to confession because you think that we'll know who you are, he said, I'm not even going to be here. I don't even know this guy. But he tells the the whole uh, church, he says, I won't be here. There's going to be people from out of town here doing confession. So I go, well— Oh, wait a second. This message must be directly for me. So I came back on Tuesday night. I went to confession in the place, that church. And I'm the only guy in the room. I got there very early because I wanted to be first and get out of there. I checked the back of the confessionals to see the names on these people. Knew none of them. They're obviously from Wirtner somewhere, right? You mean the priest? The priest, yeah. Because I don't want to talk to anybody I know. I'm I'm that weak, okay? I'm that weak in my faith. I don't want to talk to anybody I know. So... During that period of time, some women came in that were picking their kids up, and and they were irritating because they were talking in church, and I couldn't concentrate. So I got up out of my seat. I walked all the way to the front of the church where there's another confessional uh, way up by the altar, and and I'm standing there, and I get a tap on my shoulder. Never happens to me in confession. No one ever talks to you in a confessional line for the most part. There's a woman there. She taps me on the shoulder. She said, do you know this priest? And I said, no, I, I came here specifically to avoid anybody that I know. She said, I'm afraid. And I said, well, I'm afraid too. And she said, you're afraid too? But you come here all the time? I said, yeah. I said to her, are you ashamed? Oh, my. Say that again. Are I, you ashamed? Right. And it came from nowhere. You know, it wasn't like me shaming her. Somewhere, you know, I just believe now that God tells me what to say, so I say it. So I said, are you ashamed? She said, I am ashamed. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's so imperative that you said that because there's people listening right this minute that they are ashamed, full of guilt and shame because of their darkness of addiction. Go, Bob. Yeah, well, I certainly was in that group. Now, here's what she says to me. She said, a friend of mine just died. We were lifelong friends. From the time we were five years old. And she said, she went to confession all the time, and I never went. And we, that was the only thing we argued about. So on her deathbed and when she died, I promised her I would go to confession for me and for her as a tribute to her. I said, well, that's so, that's so beautiful. And I said, well, look around this room. I said, everybody here is ashamed. Everybody here is afraid. Everybody here makes the same sins. Everybody sins over and over. We feel like we're alone in it. Well, she started to cry, put her head on my shoulder. Well, you know, how good does that make you feel that, you know, the, the good Lord's talking and, and helping out? At that moment, the priest that I had been avoiding, the single priest, walks in the far door of the church. No way. I know people that are listening to this thing, what a bunch of crap. 
didn't happen. He looks straight at me. Wow. And waves his hand and says, like, where's my confessional? I look to my left. His name is on the confessional. Do you realize that those women talking moved me all the way around? I never looked. He's not even in the same area of where he should be. He comes around. He taps me on the shoulder. He says, get in here. The people in the confessional line laugh because, you know, the priest whacks you on the shoulder and you're right, going right, in the right. confessional. I go and I tell him the story, which I'm afraid to tell. Now I tell him the story about what just happened. He's moving back and forth in his chair. And I'm going, what is he doing? And he said, Bob, do you know what the hound of heaven is? I said, the hound of heaven? I have no, what is the hound of heaven? So the hound of heaven is that many people in the faith believe that people like you that are agnostic, that don't believe, that are atheists, when you find your faith, you get sent these little affirmations all the time to keep you on the track. Because when you fall, we send you something to get you back up. By we, he means the Holy Spirit. Right? Amen, amen. And he said, but he said, Bob, you know the best question of all? He said, why do you think that you're here today? And I said, well, to be forgiven, to, be, to get over my... He said, no, you're here today for that woman that was beside you. Amen, amen, amen. You know, as you were sharing that, I didn't want to interrupt you, but the Holy Spirit was telling me Bob was ministering to that woman as he was trying to hide from his own shame. Man, uh, That's am, so powerful. Terry, a, a, amen to that. And here, here, here's what happened, too. And, and I wasn't preaching. I, never, I, don't, I don't even like people to preach. I mean, I just... If I don't experience it myself, this is what this is the things that I've experienced. If you find something in them, great. I want to help people find their own miracles, like the one that I found that gave me faith and belief in the confession, right? Amen. Terry, the best part of it was I walked out of church and I looked up and I said, Heavenly Father, take me right now because my faith could not possibly be any stronger. How powerful is that? You were ready to go. I was ready to go. And Terry, I've had over 30 of those same situations. I am so blessed. Uh, A friend of mine always says, how are you today? And he always answers, blessed, highly favored, undeservingly so. And now when anybody asks me, hey, Bob, how are you doing today? I say, blessed, highly favored, undeservingly so. Amen. And it's true. Amen. All of us, undeservingly so. Amen. Amen. That's why Christ died on the cross for our sins. I got to tell you, I'm glad God didn't answer that prayer. (laughs) (laughs) That he took, it would take you right now because. It would have been a good one. I mean, I would have been happy to go. I I understand that. Because I'm getting on the long end of the yardstick now in my age. And you know what? A pretty good alternative would have been going at that particular time. I know, I know, but I, 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 I sense that he has a lot more work for you to do right here on this sick world. Yeah. We need people like you to carry the message. Well, you know what? <laughs> you might as well give us another miracle, bro, because you got me on the edge of my seat. Well, let, let, let's just start on the whole 911 situation, okay? Because... Many times in my life, I come from the place, where's God in this? 
Like, I'm glad I have these miracles, and I'm glad these things happen, and it gives me faith. But, man, when I see a child dies in a bus accident, when I see a person that was full of life with uh, uh, Alzheimer's disease, or I, see, or I see something happen like 9-11, and I have room for doubt. I mean, I still have room for doubt. And I say, where is God in this? So I'm watching the, uh, the 9-11 ceremony a couple of weeks ago. And I watch it every time since 9-11 because I, I saw it live that morning. I was preparing for work, and I, I saw the buildings go down. And so uh, every year I watch that ceremony. While I'm watching the ceremony, there's children. They're reading the names of the people on the monument. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, where, God, were you in this situation? And at that moment, my wife, whose name is Lisa, out of nowhere, because she's not in the house, sends me the transcript from the cockpit of the plane that went down in Pennsylvania. Between Flight 93. Flight 93. Out of nowhere, while I'm saying, where is God in this? She sends me the transcript with nothing. It's just a transcript. She doesn't even know I'm watching the show. She sends a transcript. I read it, and for the first time in my life, and I'm in the media world, I'm in the entertainment world to, to some degree, okay? Marketing, advertising. And you never do you hear, when you hear that transcript or when you hear the account in the cockpit, you never hear anything about God in any of that. Well, in the transcript my wife sends me is the complete transcript. And do you know that the whole message from that person to that woman, Lisa, who was the uh, responder who was listening to him, at the end, they went straight to the Lord's Prayer in that message, before they said, let's roll, they were in prayer. That prayer is never discussed. I've never heard it discussed before over all the years, the 22 years since that. But he was there then with them when he said, let's roll. And prior to saying, let's roll, and after the Lord's Prayer, they prayed the 23rd Psalm. Though I walk through the valley, shadow that fear no evil, thou art with me, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that's exactly what happened, isn't it, Bob? It absolutely is. And Terry, the even stranger part is, the affirmation is, I immediately sent that to you, and I have no idea why. Well, this is why. We needed you to be here today to tell the people that God is in their lives when they don't even know it. Am I right? Well, we all need personal affirmations of our own. And there's a way to have that experience, even for the most desperate person that believes not in God at all. And no matter what your addiction is, because I know mine were things. And now I don't have that addiction to that point any longer. Do I get weak? Absolutely, I do. But those personal miracles help me push through. Amen. Bob, we're so grateful that you were with us today, and I'm going to have you back with us on the near future. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Terry. Folks, let me end with this. Every day is a gift. That's why they call it the present, and we don't know how many days we have left in our lives. Scripture teaches us that God doesn't want anyone to perish but to have eternal life as Todd Beamer did when he prayed with Lisa. 
Where's God in your life? If you died today, do you know for sure that you'd go to heaven? I think you need to pray about that and take care of that this very day so that you can find the presence of the Holy Spirit and live a life not trouble-free, but with freedom and joy. Peace be with you. Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.